0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast.
1: Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to the PowerCat Insiders Podcast, and we have the whole gang today. It's very exciting. We have Matt Walters, of course, from the K-State Radio Network, Travis Tannehill, the former Kansas State tight end, and Ryan Black, the sports editor of the Manhattan Mercury. They are your insiders, and I am Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com. You don't know this, but we've tried this once before, so the second time is going to be even better Unfortunately, Kansas State has still lost. We can't redo that. 20 to 18 to Oklahoma State, but we are sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or your employer spend $4,000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. My apologies to the crew here we had a little recording error so we're gonna start over here with this same question uh, Matt I you know I survey the social media world a little bit too often in our message boards not often enough probably but um, will Howard seems to be in the crosshairs of fans K State lost he had two dramatic turnovers one that led to a touchdown on a fumble another that was inter- an interception that essentially ended the game. And yet, uh, I can't get past the fact that without Will Howard, K-State wouldn't be in a position to have a turnover cost him the game. I thought he was a warrior. I thought the turnovers hurt. But, uh, you know, maybe were game-deciding. But without him, they weren't in a game to decide. Your thoughts on Will Howard?
2: Well, turnovers always hurt. They hurt at West Virginia, um, you know, a week ago. They obviously hurt in this one. And I, I have no – Understanding why Will Howard would be in the crossers. Were there a couple of mistakes? Yeah, he wasn't the only one. Uh, again, the the fumble that resulted in uh, six points for Oklahoma State. That that happens. You know, you have to protect the football, but a guy got his hand in there and popped it out. It just winds up in Jason Taylor's lap and off he goes. Uh, you know, Will forced the pass there near the end of the ball game in the double coverage. You left it high. You know, K-State, I think, really only needed to get about 30 to 35 yards to set up. And I know it would have been long, but uh, I thought before the game, a 60-yard field goal was in play. And if K-State gets 30 yards or so, 35 yards, uh, it gives Blake Lynch a shot. It didn't happen. But, you know, Howard runs for 125 yards and did some did some really good things. And, you know, it was a game K-State very easily could have won that's some of the disappointment they're dealing with right now is, is losing those. But uh, again, it's a beat up football team. Uh, There are guys that are making some mistakes that need to get cleaned up. Some guys need to step up, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with what Will Howard's doing. He's given K state an opportunity and, and opportunities to win games. And it just, you know, what happened in Morgantown totally different than what happened on Saturday. But uh Unfortunately, it winds up as a loss for Kansas State. Now they've got two weeks before they go to play a, a pretty good Iowa State team up in Ames.
1: Ryan Black, give me your overall thoughts on this game.
2: Well, uh, you know, it
3: ended up being closer than I thought. Uh, I, I don't remember what the final line before the game ended up being. I think I know uh, – but didn't they open as 10-point favorites, meaning I, Oklahoma State? And then I think mean, the last one I saw was 12 points, Yeah, 12 and it was half, going up, yep. So, I mean, my prediction to win in Friday's paper was 34-20 in favor of Oklahoma State. Now, obviously, at the time, I was not aware that Tylen Wallace wasn't going to play an offensive snap for Oklahoma State. Uh, I wasn't aware of just the other injuries, I guess, that some key players for them were dealing with. But all that being said, hey, you know, every team's dealing with injuries to a certain extent. So, I think K-State has to be really satisfied that they were up 12 points at halftime. Uh, then conversely, if fans have anything to be upset about, I think it's the fact that you blew a 12 point halftime lead. Uh, and and it's like, I think, uh, I can't remember who it was maybe in the post game who asked this, but what, what one thing that stuck out to me was that so often, you know, K-State is the team who gets a lot of the bounces to to go their way. And Saturday it didn't because I mean, kind of the the juxtaposition that you've got was the first drive for Oklahoma state, uh, white Hubert knocks the ball away. Uh, from Spencer Sanders, and it lands in the the, line, uh, the hands of one of Oklahoma State's offensive linemen. Uh, and then, then <laughs> Will Howard fumbles the ball away right into the hands of Jason Taylor, who takes 85 yards back for a touchdown. So, um, you know, again, I think you can't take anything away from how well Will Howard played, at least running the ball. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there were quite a few throws that he probably would want to have back. But, again, I, I just think the fact that K-State was so close to even winning the game is something that people should be pleased about considering. I think a lot of people really thought Oklahoma State was going to maybe come into Bill Sutter Family Stadium and and potentially make it a laugher.
1: Yeah, I agree. Travis, your overall thoughts on this game?
0: I mean, overall, I just felt really – you know, I I felt bad for the team and I especially felt bad for Will Howard. I mean, just from an emotional standpoint, uh, you know, that kid – laid it out there on saturday and you know the two biggest mistakes of the game were both made by him um and, and they were very costly so i feel bad for him you know we saw some of his teammates on the sideline as the clock was ticking down you know putting their arm around him, making sure uh they know that trying to keep the positive uh the positive vibes headed his way but i mean really you look at you know the fumble like mass that fumbles happen you know i've fumbled everyone's fumbled before it happens uh, it doesn't matter how good your ball security is if someone sticks their hand in there just right Uh, they they can punch that ball loose and it just happened to to bounce the the wrong direction. And then, you know, any true freshman quarterback trying to lead a two minute drill. I mean that that's two minute drill really is from a quarterbacking position. That's kind of the epitome. That's when you're at the peak of your quarterbacking game is when you can go down and lead a successful two minute drill uh, time after time. That's the hardest thing to do as a quarterback. Um, So for him to not be able to do that, I mean, whether he would have got down the 30, 35 yards that he needed, um, obviously we don't get to find that out. Uh, if he forced the ball early maybe he's a young young quarterback didn't quite understand uh the situation but uh you know that that's that's the last thing to develop in a quarterback and then the, the fumble was just kind of uh bad luck it happens so but matt what um did you get to see will after the game what how was he my biggest thing is you know he's shown to me he, he can play he's got some work to do um he's going to be a good quarterback here for a long time but just from an emotional standpoint was he was he obviously down was he two down was he how is he reacting from what you could see seeing him after the game, if you saw him
2: after the game? Well, I didn't get to visit with him or he wasn't on our post-game coverage. But, you know, it looks like, he, to me, again, it looks like he's handling things okay. A lot of the offensive linemen, a lot of guys, you know, went up to say, hey, keep your chin up. You're our guy. You're leading us. And and we believe in you. And there's been a lot of that uh, in the last couple of weeks. But I did not get to actually see or visit with him after the game Travis.
1: Man, that it had, had to be difficult. That's difficult for a senior to have that happen to him, and let alone a true freshman where he's still trying to build confidence. Matt, it looked like on that last play, he just got greedy. He he saw you know a receiver down the middle of the field and kind of ignored everything else he saw when he had you know some underneath routes there. Uh, an untimely, a bad timing on a poor decision by a young quarterback, but. Um, He got the ball out there. He just overthrew it in that wind. Very frustrating. It had to be just horrible for him because he probably, as soon as he cut the ball loose, he probably knew that was a bad decision.
2: As soon as he let it go, I'm sure what went went through his head and uh, just airmailed it again. He tried to fit it into double coverage, and that's uh, a lot of the time that's not going to work, and, you know, Oklahoma State – To their credit, they had a pretty good defense. They they hit him, they hit Will a lot on Saturday. Um, You know, they're they're aggressive. There's a reason they're ranked so high in a lot of the categories that they are. And that was the side of Oklahoma State's team that wasn't, you know, I I don't think getting enough talk and and consideration. But you know, Will Howard's fine. Um, I'm sure he'll he'll shake it off. He's going to face another really good defense again in a couple of weeks. So. He he has no time to dwell on it. He has time to learn and and understand what he did not do correctly, but uh, he he can't waste any time uh, on what transpired because what's done is done, obviously.
1: Ryan Black, the two-point conversion in the first half. Your thoughts?
3: I feel the opposite of what Chris Kleiman said in the postgame, where, you know, you want to get the 14 as quickly as possible uh, because I'm always the type of person who – Take the point that's the guaranteed, or the, the closer to the guaranteed point, because you know what? More often than not, when you don't convert a two-point conversion, it almost always comes back to hurt you in a close game. And, you know, again, I, again, I know we're sitting here with the benefit of hindsight, but like immediately when they were going for you know, I turned to my coworker and said, I don't, I don't like this call. Uh, and again, and Chris Clavin pointed out, "Hey, I mean, they ex—I mean, it was a good call that just wasn't executed well." But again, I don't know if this puts me in the minority in the group here. But I, again, I would have just kicked the extra point and take taken that as opposed to going for two.
1: Well, I'm okay. that early. In the game. Yeah. It'd
3: been different if it was if it was early in the fourth quarter, but no. in the second quarter, absolutely not. No, I'm not going to go for two points. No.
1: Yeah, that was my thought. I I know what the chart says. The chart says you go for two, but. I don't think you pull the chart out until the second half at the earliest, if not the fourth quarter. I don't think the chart's in play until there are fewer possessions. There's too much unpredictable for me mathematically in the second quarter with how many points are going to be scored to know that we've got to have this two-point conversion because, in hindsight, you didn't have to have the two-point conversion.
3: Well, and and Fitz, just look at what happened. So if if K-State just kicked the extra point, then it's 13 13 at the end of the third quarter to 13 12. And so now, hey, you know, you guys keep playing defense the way you're playing defense on both sides, then you're going to overtime. And instead of basically saying, well, now we have to get at least, you know, uh, we need to get a field goal to even win the game. That, that, that's why. And again, I know the whole thing is, okay, Ryan, well, just if they kicked the extra point, that's no guarantee the game would have gone the same way. But I'm just saying that we have to look at what what's in front of us. And I'm just saying that, yeah, the extra point obviously ended up being costly there.
1: Yep, Travis, your thoughts on the two point conversion.
3: I mean, yeah, I, you know, as a player, you don't
0: even really like, you know, you don't even think about that stuff because you just do what you're told. So, you know, if coach tells you to go for two, you go for two. If coach tells you to go for one, you go for one. So, um, you know, as a player, you know, I I don't even know if they're aware of the chart um, or really even in tune to that, you're kind of just worrying about, uh, you know, each play, but, uh, you know, now looking back, you know, as a as a fan and as a media member, I mean, I'm with Ryan. I mean, you kick, you kick the one. I mean, how 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 often do we see a game end up 21 28? You know, the 28, you know, the 28 21. I mean, it, it never ends perfectly. We always have scores that are all wacky nowadays. So it's like, why does that even matter? That you're hitting the perfect 14 21 28 or 24. Or, or the you know even you know the seventeens. It's like who who, who cares because the scores never end up that way anyways. So why are we trying to to, to match this perfect uh you know going by sevens kind, kind of uh you know pattern per se. So I don't I'm trying way 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 too early. You know late in the third quarter maybe you start to think about that. But um, early on in that game you know take your points. We got a lot of football to play.
1: Matt, I'm not one to criticize the kind of coaching decision, but you know or or harsh what Chris Kleiman has said. But when he said we made the right play call, I kind of said, I was thinking no, because that play call required Phillip Brooks to turn around and look right into the sun. Basically. I don't think he really located the ball properly because, uh, kind of turning around and all of a sudden having the sun in his eyes. I don't know. I, I, yeah, it should have worked, but it didn't work because, not because of some magnificent outside force, because your your team didn't execute the play. I just – I thought it was too early. I just – don't. Just take the point. Get up 13. Uh, don't give up any momentum. Keep going.
2: I, I respect the call, but the first thing that went through my mind is it's early to chase the points. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, after T-State didn't convert, uh, I thought – you know there were times where Bill Snyder was chastised for not being aggressive enough and, and not maybe taking some chances. So I respect the decision. I understand why it was made, but it, it was it was pretty early uh, in the ball game, obviously. And um, you know, I I thought I thought Brooks should have caught it myself. It went right between his hands. Um, and if. If he catches it, then who knows what that does to the complexion of the ball game. But, uh, yeah, I think it surprised a lot of people. And, you know, uh, again, I I, res- I respect the aggressive nature. Um, is it the call I would have made? I don't know. I'm not in those shoes. But, again, the first thing that went through my brain was chasing the points kind of early. But, I, you know, I understand why that happened.
1: Ron Black, the defense for K-State. Uh, I know Tylen Wallace was out, but it was a windy day. I'm not sure how much throwing the ball was going to be that significant as normal for Oklahoma State. They held Oklahoma State's offense to roughly 250 yards of offense. They only gave up 13 points to that offense. Um, I, I just thought it was a spectacular performance, particularly by Wyatt Hubert. That's the oh, yeah. guy we thought we were going to get this season, and I'm, I'm glad he finally had a game that really fit uh, the way we thought he would play this year.
3: Yeah, the thing about Wallace, you know, is even if, if, if he had been able to play 100%, you know, that, that opens up the fact that he could have been a decoy and someone that K-State would have still had to somewhat try to account for. But like you said, not just Wyatt Hubert, but once again, I thought the K-State defense blind played fantastic. Khalid Duke was great in the first half. Robinson Massey, you know, goes, goes by a boom. I thought he was really good as well. And just week after week, you know, we hear the coaching staff say, the defensive lines, the strength, not just the defense, but of the team. And I think, you know, they showed that again Saturday.
1: Yeah. Travis Daniel, that's remarkable because I thought the defensive line would be okay this year, but I was worried about the tackles. I wanted to see who was going to help Wyatt Hubert kind of take away some attention from him. And it's all happened. I mean, they have really put it together along that defensive line.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're. I mean, overall, they're just a unit that I thought was going to be maybe a liability for this team. It has turned out to be, you know, a strength overall in the defense, and then, uh, you know, especially stopping, you know, stopping the run game. So, I like you said, I was ex- Wyatt has been a little disappointing this year. I know he's get, kept taking a lot of double teams, which is bringing up some other guys, um, but. Overall, you know, that was why it's best game by far, in my opinion. Not just from the production standpoint, showing up on the scoreboard, uh, but you know, just overall watching him play. I mean, he was whooping that left tackle and that right tackle. I mean, just almost every single snap, he was almost getting to the quarterback. So it was fun to watch. That defense is fun to watch. Kansas State's going to need him to continue to play well throughout the re- remainder of the season, just so they can just stay in ball games like this. Um, yeah, what
2: you
1: know,
0: with Wallace being out, I mean, I that that was a huge difference maker. I mean, we kind of talked. Last week, I mean, the game plan for K State has to be, uh, you know, shut down Wall, you know, shut down Wallace, and then you know, shut down the run, and 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 you, can, you got a chance to win this game. Well, Wallace was out, so that uh, that helped with that, and then then you can put some numbers to the box, and and shut down the run game, which they did a relatively good job, I think 150-ish yards or so um, was what they gave up in the running game, which isn't a bad performance uh, by any means up from the defensive unit. So, overall, you know, they're fun to watch. They're getting better. Um, nice to have A.J. Parker back and healthy. So, uh, you know, they're going to need this team's team, defense to play well throughout the remainder of the season to have a chance.
1: Matt, it's easy to say Tylen Wallace was out at hurt Oklahoma State's offense. But Justin Gardner was out for Kansas State's defense. Uh, and he would have been the guy that probably would have pulled Wallace's card the most in that game. So we, we were stolen a great matchup because I think Justin Gardner, at six foot two could negate some of the things that Tylen Wallace does in terms of being able to high point the ball, being able to be athletic and, and make some circus catches. I thought Justin Gardner was the answer to that, and we ended up playing the game without either one of them.
2: Tylen Wallace is the best wide receiver in the Big 12. He's one of the three best wide receivers in college football. I thought it had a dramatic impact on the the complexion of the game um, without a doubt. Uh, I thought it was interesting, you know, again, we've seen it happen before that he was stretching and loosening up and so forth. And all, all that was just for show. I want to, I want to backtrack for one second because of what Travis said about K state's defense and, and what was said, K state's defense is much better than I had anticipated The one guy, you know, um, Travis said how how badly he felt for for Will Howard. The guy on defense I I felt badly for is is Ross Elder. And the reason I say that is because if he could go back, the one thing that he would want to do is not duck his head and get squared up and tackle L.D. Brown on that long run because Ross dropped his head and whiffed, and next thing you know, LD Brown is sniffing down around the goal line. If that tackle is made right there, who knows what happens in the ball game? But I'm I'm a fan of what K State's getting done defensively, and and Joe Klanderman has uh, has proven some things early on to me as a defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, Matt, that's a great point. I I can't remember many missed tackles in that game by Kansas State. But I remember the Ross Elder one, and I remember the A.J. Parker one on the touchdown in which he had the guy in the backfield and couldn't get him down. Um, I thought that was more of what the offensive guy did than, than uh, the defender. But it, still, on one drive that led to the only touchdown the defense gave up, they had two dramatic missed tackles. Very, very painful to watch. Well, K-State is now 4-3 and three overall, 4-2 and two in the Big 12. Still, Still in contention for a spot in the Big 12 Championship. It's going to take winning out to get it done, but it's possible. And we'll discuss the rest of the season as we look forward and down the road for K-State football on this edition of the Powercat Insiders Podcast, sponsored by Blue Mark Energy.
0: The Powercat Podcast will be right back. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast.
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders podcast. We're sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. It is Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Travis Tanhill, and Ryan Black of the Manhattan Mercury. Digitally conferring via Zoom. Let's say it that way. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. Blue Mark Energy, K-State-owned and K-State-Proud. Guys, one of the things that uh, I don't like about having the Zoom version of this is we don't fight over who gets to do the reads now. I do the reads. I'm stuck with the reads. Man, it just... I wouldn't want
2: Ryan to do them if we were in person. You would want it? I would want Ryan to do them. Yeah. Why's that? Because of how you talk.
3: Ah. Wait, mm. wait, wait, wait. No. There's just been how I talk and how I sound. You're talking about my accent, or are you saying more of like my cadence? There's a difference. Both. All of it. Oh, okay.
2: Everything. <laughs> just because See, tra- of. Travis appreciated out. that. I could have made you jump off sides. Just because <laughs> of what comes out when you open your trap. <laughs>
1: Amen. Amen. Okay, I'm just going to throw open the topic here. Uh, whoever wants this, go for it. What does this mean for K-State? I know they lost, but I expected them to lose. I expected this to be a game that was going to be significantly difficult to win. They almost pulled it off. But they're now 4-2 and two in the conference. They got three to go. Guys, I'm okay with this. I mean... You still hold your own fate. You want to do something, you can go do something about it. It, All is not lost in my book. Someone go.
2: Travis.
0: I'll I'll, I'll move forward even a little bit moving. I I did want to touch on this and just kind of gives me a segue to, to bring it up. But not necessarily this year, but remember this game in two or three years in a big game when Will Howard makes a big mistake. And watch how he reacts and watch how he responds. And and overcomes that adversity later on in his career because he got he's getting put through the fire. Um, this last game he got put through the fire again, and he, he seems to be handling it pretty well. So I'm just excited to watch him progress throughout his career. And in two or three years, you know, he might throw two picks early, a fumble on a pick early in a big game that we got to win, and just watch how he responds because these these moments and these character moments that he's um, having to go through, I mean, these pay dividends down the road for a junior and a senior quarterback in big
1: ball games. Well, well, very good point. That was a great bit of wisdom from Travis. I'm a little I'm a little uh, off my game right now because Travis just dropped some serious wisdom. <laughs> so, Ryan Black, your thoughts on this topic?
3: Well, I think it, it goes back to something we talked about last week is, is is the most obvious thing is it means the best they can finish in the regular season now is, you know, two, two and one in these last three games. I think – we all seem to agree that it was most likely they'd finish two and two or one and three, as opposed to three and one or the pipe dream of, of four and zero. Oh. Um, I would say that after, I mean, Iowa State obviously helped them a lot, but man, Baylor looked a lot more feisty than I expected, and that I guess I expected that was a game that K State, I don't want to say should easily win, but certainly was a game I thought they would be favored. Maybe they still will be, but I'm saying. Baylor doesn't look like a patsy that I thought they were maybe going to be a week or so ago. Uh, and something, you know, it just it came to my mind because of what Travis just said is, I don't know how many of the fans, the ones that we talk talked about, this unrest over uh, Will Howard, think about the fact that, you know, as compared to like, okay, for instance, when Skylar Thompson had to come on a, couple, you know, a few years ago in, in 2017 after Alex Delton went down, and that was also Jesse Ertz had suffered a season-ending injury. And they want to maybe compare and contrast. Well, one thing was well, Skylar Thompson was a redshirt freshman, and two, he obviously had had all of those practice reps and time of spring practices. It's I mean, Will Howard is literally going into these games with only a you know preseason camps worth of of reps. You know, he missed out on an entire spring, fifteen practice worth, fifteen practices worth of reps and experience and snaps that I, I just think that when people want to say, well, well, it's easier now than ever for a freshman to come in and play well. Well, yeah, but that's in all, every year. That's not a, this crazy pandemic uh, 2020, right? And so I, I just think that in a way it makes what Will Howard's already done even more impressive because of the fact that he had literally no reps to go through during the spring.
1: Oh, I agree. It's. It, I think it's remarkable he's as good as he is. Um, I'm, I'm a little surprised we didn't see mistakes earlier on. Yeah. Uh, but now he's getting into those mistakes. And you know what, Matt? Quarterbacks make mistakes. Brock Purdy, a lot of people thought that was the best quarterback in the Big 12. Baylor just didn't get off to a good start in the first half against Iowa State. Brock Purdy threw three picks, and I think at least one was a pick six. I mean, quarterbacks make mistakes, and you have to pull yourself together, and he was able to do it in the second half against Baylor. Um, and I think that Travis is right. That'll come. You learn from that. Uh, it kind of hardens you and, and teaches you you got to go out there and make the next play.
2: Uh, yeah, we, you know, we, we brought that up that he hadn't had or he didn't have spring ball uh, a number of times. And, you know, who feels worse this week, uh, K-State or Baylor? I mean, Baylor had a 14 point lead in Ames, uh, had a pick six, let it get away. Their defense fell apart, but Iowa State made plays. They got a lot of veterans. Um, you know, I, again, this is a this is just a year that's going to have an asterisk by it. It's a mulligan. You know, do wins and losses matter? Yeah, they do. But the, to me, this year again, they don't. You know, Will Howard's going to grow. Um, He's already grown uh, guys on the defensive side. I mean, who on earth thought Echo Boydell was going to do what he's <laughs> doing right now? I mean, come on, it, you know, Jalen pickles come out of nowhere. He, I, maybe he's kind of leveled off a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but you know, it's, this is a, huh, this is a, um, I don't want to say intramural season because it's not intramurals, but you K State is going to, I think, in what what Travis said about two to three years from now, two to three years from now, this season twenty twenty is going to pay off for a lot of guys, not just Will Howard.
1: No, yeah,
3: Dan, right. Dan Hawkins would have told you this isn't intramurals either. Good. Yeah. I, I hope you guys remember that reference. Oh, absolutely, that
1: a uh, Michael Goins.
2: Pick drop- Twelve football. Warm- more movie references. Here we go. Start
3: spitting them out. <laughs> I, well, I did see, I did watch It Chapter 2 earlier this morning because I woke up at like 3 a.m. and I've been up since then. And I was like, yeah, I hadn't seen this yet, so I'm going to watch it. But that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, so I don't really see why I need to go into
1: it. I found that interesting. Yeah, it's funny you you brought up the Hawkins thing because Michael Goins, yep. our columnist, just used that reference in his column Boy. this morning. kind of How weird. about that? Hmm. Hmm. Right? Oh, Black. well, Does I... he get all of his stuff from Go Powercat, we discuss in part 3 of the episode. <laughs> uh, Travis, you know, I look back at uh week 1 when Kansas State lost Arkansas State. I'm I'm just I'm happier than hell we're discussing a possibility of still being included in the Big 12 Championship game after six conference games. After that trash spectacle we saw in the opener from Kansas State. This is, to me, this is all extra. This is all bonus. And Matt's right. This is all glorified practice. All these freshmen will be freshmen next year if they want to be. It it just, it it really, for a program like Chris Kleiman and Kansas State, what they're trying to do, this is almost a weird godsend that you get a season that, counts but doesn't count and it doesn't count against anyone's eligibility so just get better. It's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, from a fan standpoint, you know, it's it's been fun so, you know, they're, they're fun to watch. They've been in you know, I think what almost every ball game maybe except the West Virginia ball game so I mean, it's been it's been fun and entertainment to watch at the end of the day. That's what football is. It's, it's entertainment and it's, it's there for the fans. Uh, you know, I, I do think it, what's been good for me to see is this this season has really proven that that Chris Kleiman hire was a good hire. We've seen him do some really nice things. Um, he is, you know, I, I was on his bandwagon pretty early. I thought he was going to be good. After this season, I know he's going to be good. So um, he's shown that he can get through adversity. He can get these guys better. Even if they drop one early to someone they shouldn't lose to, he's going to keep the, uh, you know, it's hard to control a locker room. It's hard to keep those guys motivated and in tune um, and kind of bought in. So he's proven that he can manage the emotions, manage uh, the personalities of a locker room, keep that train headed in the right direction. So I'm really excited, you know, overall what the program has been able to do this season. Um, you know, just, and at the end of the day, you know, as a, as a fan first, you know, it's fun for me. So it's, uh, it's been overall, like you said, thumbs up on the season so far.
1: Matt, Iowa State, I'm torn. I, I think Iowa State is good, but then I watch them play, and I'm never quite blown away by Iowa State this year. I I love the running back. I like the quarterback. The defense is good. But something about the complete parts of Iowa State, I'm not sold on. And yet I say that and in, in two Saturdays, that's going to be a really tough game for Kansas State. What are your thoughts on the Cyclones?
2: Reese Hall is better than I thought he would yeah. be this early in his career. Uh, Brock Purdy is what Brock Purdy is. I think. I, I think Iowa State was maybe a little ho hum going into that game against Baylor, uh, but you know Iowa State showed sure, they're the kind of team that they can turn it on and and uh, you know get points up on the board. It, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know the, the. I'm curious what the environment will be like, not because of COVID, because you know we're knocking on Thanksgiving. Uh, and and what studies are like for for the kids, uh, you know. It seems like what it looks like ten days or you know ten eleven days out is that the weather's going to be okay. But I'm I'm impressed with Iowa State. Are they a, a finished product? No. Are they a top ten or top fifteen team? Eh. I think they're a top twenty five team, but they're going to be a load. And if if Kansas State. When you ask that question, Fitz, the, the first thing I thought of is, okay, what's Case State going to be like offensively going into that game? Uh, not just Will Howard's mindset, but you know, Deuce Vaughn's been pretty quiet now the last couple of games. He's been taken away. You know, k State's wide receivers again are giving very little. You know, Malik Knowles is standing on a bench for much of the second half, and that's why we saw pass, You know, plenty of passes to uh you know Jax Denine I, I love the creativity but K State's wide K State has got to get better at that position 30 minutes ago they don't scare anybody and until that changes that's going to be a handcuff that is on this team
1: Ryan you were there what what are your thoughts on Malik Knowles I mean uh I only knew that he'd left the game you know of course I'm watching from home Chris Kleiman didn't even really know about an injury after the game, just knew he wasn't playing. Did it look like Malik was injured or just standing around not happy about the way he's playing?
3: Well, I don't want to speculate on, on you know, whether a guy is injured or not. What, what I will say is, and I think we've discussed this on the podcast a couple of times before is I do think he's a guy who um, I'm trying to put this delicately. He, Basically, I just think it, when he drops a pass, I think it really gets to him. Whether it's that he doesn't think the ball's going to come his way again or wh- whether he thinks it's that the coaching staff maybe then doesn't have the, the same faith in him. But I, I guess I'm just saying is he's a guy who, you know, you always hear about that next play mentality. I don't think he's as good at that as maybe some other people would be. And I think that's like the nicest way I can put it without it sounding like I'm really being overly right. negative about, um, you know, a guy who's barely past, you know, 18 years old or so. Trying, I need to look at his that birthday but he's not. And I guess he's probably not even old enough to legally drink. I don't think he's even 21 yet. So, I, I just, uh, but, I mean, heck, you know, I mean, he's shown that when his when his head's on straight and he's completely engaged, he's an incredibly explosive player. I mean, just go back and look, look last year when he was healthy and how good he was. Not just as a receiver, but, guys, remember, you know, he was, he was the guy at kick return before Joshua Youngblood became an All-American.
2: When it comes to Malik, he was he has been banged up, uh, and I think a uh, uh, part of it is from kick returns. I think that's where he's taken the shots. I know he had a, he had a groin injury up at uh, West Virginia last week, so he's a little bit banged up. There are things that you have to play through. It's one thing to me, and I'm not. I'm not leaning one way or the other. What I'm saying is it's one thing to be hurt. It's another thing to be injured. And you have to, you have to fight, fight. You have to fight through that. You either have to go through that brick wall or you have to climb that brick wall. That's something that Travis can talk about if he so desires. But Malik and Shabastin should be K-State's two best wide receivers. You know, K-State was even down Landry Weber. Um, so that's why you started to see more of D.J. Rinder in there in the, in the course of that ballgame. And, and I know that K-State's focusing on that area, but that is, you know, think about it, guys. But backtrack again. Going in, we thought offensive line and, and certain aspects of the defense were going to be glaring question marks and potential weaknesses. Did we really think K-State's wide receiving core would not be producing much at this point in the season that, you know, whether it's Jason Ray, whether it's Chris Klein, whether it's Colin Klein, they have got to go find dudes that can high point the ball, that can make plays, that can take a shot, shake it off, get back to the huddle and live for that next play and go. Those are the guys right there along with the offensive line. They're the ones that need to pick Will Howard up because that's how Will Howard is going to get better.
1: Travis, the differences between injured and hurt and a second question for you, the difficulty of calling plays when your receivers aren't being productive.
0: I mean, what Matt mentioned, I mean, it is a fine line between injured and hurt. Obviously, you don't want to be doing any more damage to your body that would compromise you for, you know, games down the road, seasons down the road, the rest of your life. I mean, there are some guys that, um, you know, you know, when you're 50 years old, you got bad knees that you played through, and is that a good decision? That only that person can make that to make that decision. But um, I, my, my how I drew the line was as long as I'm not hurting myself for future games or future seasons, uh, you know, I'm playing. So, and as long as I still believe I'm the best player on the depth chart, I remember I got hurt my sophomore year in the middle of a game against Iowa State at Arrowhead, um, separated my shoulder, and Coach asked me if I was good to play, and I said honestly, like I can play, but our number two is better than me right now. So you should probably play him because that's going to be a better offensive uh, unit on the field. Um, You know, a week or two later, once I got healed up a little bit and, uh, you know, then I was back, hey, coach, I'm better than this guy now. Uh, Let's not leave me on the bench now, Put put me back in, coach. But uh, overall, I mean, that that line between it it is hard. As long as you're not doing further damage, I think you got it. And as long as you're still the best person to be out there, I think as a player, you have to demand to be out there. You have to want to be out there. The coaches have to put you out there. Um. So, I mean, it's a hard, hard line to to, to to battle and to be on either side of it. But overall, I mean, I think if you're Malik Knowles, I don't find a way you're not out there unless you're seriously, seriously injured. Um. Because, I mean, even, even a gimpy Malik Knowles, I still think is one of our better receivers. I mean, shoot, Jacksonine was our leading receiver. I mean, who had that going into the game with four receptions? I mean, that just shows you how depleted that wide receiver room is. And, and we'll touch on, you know, the second half of that question fits with, how hard is – I mean, Will Howard's got a heck of a hard job. I mean, he's got no one open. He's got no one to throw to. You know, you take the sack, everyone thinks you're an idiot. You didn't find the open receiver. You throw it into double coverage and, you know, you throw an interception, everyone thinks you're an idiot. So those guys just have to get open. Like Matt said, you know, down the road, you got to get some dudes in there. At the end of the day, that, that's the solution. But for this year, I mean, my guy still I, – I think Phillip Brooks has to be that guy. Malik's proved – at this point in the season, Malik's proven to me he's not going to be the guy – I think Philip Brooks has to step up. He's tried, um, other, you know, he had that big drop on the two point conversion, but I think he's kind of been the one that's shown enough, um, excitement enough spark that he can be the guy if K-State can focus on getting him the ball. So I think if you're K-State, you got to transition from Malik Knowles that how can we get the ball into Philip Brooks' hands? Because I think right now he's, he's your best receiver.
1: Ryan Black, uh, a little something most people don't know about me. Um, I'm, I do some sculpting on the side. Um, and, uh, I've been working in my garage on the Matt Campbell bust for the College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Should I continue work on that? Or uh, is eight wins pretty much what we're ever going to get from Matt Campbell? Or is this the season they're going to play for a Big 12 championship?
3: Okay, see, I wanted to make sure. I thought you were going to go into a joke about body sculpting, and I'm like, we know you don't do that. <laughs> so, I, well, I'm sorry, guys. You know, throw in, like, one of those, like, special effects, like zing or whatever. Oh. Or, or sad, you know, sad bugle or trumpet or something. Anyway, um, <laughs> or rim shot. Uh, but, ugh, you know, the thing about Campbell uh, is – Again, I've just and you guys know a lot more about the history of Iowa State in terms of just the domination case that has had over them for quite some time now. But, you know, they they have not been a a winning program really, I guess almost ever. And you know, Campbell I mean has done a pretty good job to get Iowa State to at least being consistently respectable in the Big Twelve, which I know has been darn near impossible. Uh it, you know because what this is like give me mean, the first time uh, like like last year was like the first time in history at least since like 1970s they've been to a bowl like in three consecutive years I mean that's that's pretty crazy when you think about how many bowls are out there now I know it used to be a much harder task to get there but my opinion on him fits is he's maybe not as good a coach as maybe he's praised to be like this just wizard, you know, on the level of, I guess, Bill Snyder. But I don't think he's as overrated as some people who like to constantly take pot shots at him. So that was kind of a, a long-winded answer from that, me. As,
1: that's as all right. Be, that's all right. I'm a person that yeah. likes to take pot shots at him. Yeah. Matt, final thoughts before we sign off. Do you have any? Can't wait to do this next week.
2: And Matt Campbell's a pretty good coach. Hall of Fame coach, not yet. Long ways to go, but good coach.
1: There we go. There we go. We'll talk more about K State, Iowa State, next week on this podcast. Trab, before we sign off, the volleyball team is ranked twelfth in the country. The volleyball team is very entertaining. As a volleyball husband, what are your thoughts?
0: Shoot, they've been. uh, We we do tune into a few games, um, on online and on uh, they're on some ESPN two plus all networks and whatnot. But man, they are fun. Um, they got a young team. Hold on. I'm going to search, uh, this, that, that, they got that freshman. Who's just a stud. Do you recall her name? Um, Elia um, Carter Carter. Yeah. That Carter girl. Oh, she's like what? Five, eight, five, nine. She's not real tall, but she can jump out of the gym. Uh, I just don't understand. I ask my wife all sorts of stupid questions. Um, I, I, I barely know how they keep score at the moment, but overall <laughs> it's, uh, if you're looking for another sport to watch, obviously men's football, men's basketball dominate the headlines. It dominates the, the revenue. But if you're looking, if you're a K State fan, you're looking for a third sport to tune into, whether that's soccer, baseball, volleyball, women's basketball. I mean, take a look at women's volleyball. It is exciting. It is fun. It is uh, it's totally different than anything us males have usually played. Males usually never played volleyball, so um, it's it, they're fun to watch. Susie Fritz doing a great job. Excited to see them because they've struggled the last few years and they've had some transfers come out of the program. And, and had, you know, I don't know if Susie was on the hot seat, but she uh, needed to get that program turned around. To, to get that program heading in the right direction, and she's done it this year. That Carter girl is fun to watch, and uh, twelfth in the country, almost knocked off Texas a few weeks ago. They're, uh, they're a they're fun fun team to watch.
1: Indeed, indeed. And I plan on winning the Powerball so that I can uh, give money to the new volleyball venue. That's that's what I'm going to do. I Dude, pop-
0: I do. I, I joke with some of the you know some of the athletic guys, and you know I'll never have enough money to be able to get a name anywhere on the on the football stadium, but I'm like, what would it take to get a locker room at the, uh, just get a locker named after me at the, at the volleyball, the new volleyball stadium. So it's still out of my wheelhouse though. Still out of my budget.
1: Yeah. Maybe if I bring up this topic again, we'll, we'll get the wife on. We'll get Dakota on to to offer some volleyball analysis.
0: Shoot. Let me know. We'd love
3: that. Well, Well, Travis, like I said, at least, I mean, if you don't know about the scoring, at least all you need to know is that you don't want the ball to hit the ground. Right,
0: exactly. No, I, I know how they keep score, but just some yeah. of the some of the intricacies of the the plays, I'm like, what, what what I don't get is, you know, like that Carter girl. It seems like they do the same. They go up, they spike, they spike. Like, how can you be good at hitting versus bad at hitting? Like, I know they're angling it differently okay. and there's more force behind it, but it's like, how come they never? They always miss her blocks. But then the other girl, they'll block her every time. And I just don't understand quite how you're good or bad. And obviously that Carter girl's good, and she's got the, yeah. the technique and the, the skill set to do it. Because to me, it all looks the same. I guess that's where my uh, naiveness
3: of volleyball lies. Well, you're right, though, is that's one of the most shocking parts of this, is they were not, talking about K-State ball, they were not expected to be as good as they are right now. I no. mean, I mean, am. No. You know, Ever since I've been in Manhattan, and now it's been three years, if you guys can believe that, the volleyball team, volleyball program has not been good. And like they had a rash of transfers the last couple of years, including some of their best players. And uh, like I said, I can't speak that Fritz was on the hot seat, but you had to kind of wonder like, well, I mean, how many more times can they keep finishing, you know, eighth, ninth in the big 12 and, and, you know, keep going on this trajectory. But yeah, no, it, it seems like they've completely turned around this year. And I'm interested to see, uh, like how Carter continues to progress in the years to come.
1: Yeah, she's fun. She is. Yeah. She's the number two on the uh, volleyball court. So,
3: but number I, one in your hearts, right, Fitz? Yeah. So because you you were
1: live tweeting about her. Man, that's how into it you got. she is awesome. She is so much fun, and and Trav, she does an incredible job adjusting, reading the block. I mean, it's so the that skill set is so minute. Dakota can probably say a lot more about this, but. When she goes up, she's able to read the block, not lose the ball, adjust her arm, swing, hand, you know, angle. It's just incredible. She gets around the block just masterfully. And, and against Texas in that first match that they ended up losing in five, she was, she was in the zone. She was in the zone. Yep. It was fun to watch. Well, that's it for this edition of the Powercat Insiders Podcast, brought to you by Blue Mark Energy. We'll be back next week following... The pause in action for the Wildcats, not because of COVID, but because we all deserve a week off.
0: Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.